Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where typically every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what do we get into today? Today we played Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for Nintendo Switch. Scott Pilgrim is the story of a boy on a quest to meet the irrational and often dangerous expectations of the girl he loves. Irrational and often dangerous. Yeah, like what kind of girl like makes you go and fight all of her previous ex-boyfriends just to win her affection? That seems like a bad relationship to be getting into, just right off the bat. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, so in preparation for this episode, I started to read a little bit of the actual comic. Wow. Graphic dig- novel. Digging into the lore. I think it's, Manga? F- it's fine to call it a comic. Um, graphic novel usually makes people feel better because... Um, it sounds more like a real book. Is there like a technical difference between a graphic novel and a comic? Um, I'm personally going to say no. And then somebody out there who's really into comics is probably raging right now. Yeah, I think it, there actually is. So I don't know if this, I think the, the, the it comes out in volumes and it's not individual like issues. So but I then think it's it like is a, a graphic novel. Is a trade paperback a graphic novel then? No, because it's multiple issues of a comic. Oh, okay. So it's like a graphic novel is a longer story. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Somebody let us know. Anyways, <laughs> I started to read the, 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 the Scott Pilgrim books. Okay. And, um, he, she is like running on the subspace highway through his head to deliver packages. And he, what? Get, he, yes. Uh, and he falls in love with her. Okay. She's like, uh, delivering packages in his dreams. And um, there's, I don't know, I don't know about the lore, like why the evil exes, the League of Evil Exes is a, is a thing. I don't know if it's her fault though, is what I'm trying to say. So I don't okay. know, I don't, one, I don't know that she wanted anything to do with Scott Pilgrim to begin with because he's a total creep. Um, and two, I don't know if she is malicious enough to force somebody to, to fight her evil exes. Okay. I don't know either. This is the thing. (laughs) Here's what you guys need to know before we jump into this. If you've never read or watched or done anything with any sort of Scott Pilgrim media, don't worry. You can still have a good time with this game. But, um, if you're like, man, I want to know more about Scott Pilgrim, there's a great movie adaptation of the novels that's Mm -hmm. out there. You can go watch that. You could read the, graphic novels i guess if you wanted to yeah but all that said the story here is not super important um you heard as dan from, always heard likes to tell me from jordan this is the thing i think that i didn't try to invest fully in the story because i saw the movie like 10 years ago and i have the basic idea that like this guy named scott he's gonna fight all, this girl's ex-boyfriends to try to like win her affection and that's all I need to know. That's all I needed to know. And you know what? Just that tiny bit is more than we ever got in Double Dragon, Super Double Dragon. So you hear, you heard it here, guys. Uh, Jordan has double standards, and when he kind of knows what's going on in the media, he really doesn't care about the story. But if he doesn't know what's going on and he can't be bothered to do some research, then it bothers him. So, I don't know. I don't know what. Thanks, it is. Jordan. I think the thing is, this is a genuinely good game. So it doesn't need a whole lot of story, whereas Super Double Dragon was a genuinely Jimmy John's game, and some story maybe would have helped bring it up to a subway. That's all I'm trying to say. 
Oh, man. I'm not even... We don't need to touch it. I'm just trying to give you my headspace as we move into talking about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is an excellent beat-em-up game released in originally, some point. Yeah, so originally the game uh, came out in August of 2010. And it was available until December of 2014, and then it got delisted, and then you couldn't buy it anymore. And it's been this game that people have wanted to come back for a really long time. At, um, at least six years. At, at, yes, at least six years. But uh, it speaks to a weird problem that I kind of want to dive into at some point, uh, maybe in a video of like the licensing issues that games have in modern day it's like why it's it's very silly that you haven't been able to buy this game for the last six years and yeah then, I mean definitely the some of the studios that made games back in the day don't exist anymore and then you have when especially when you're working with a property that has um, you know this was a movie made by Universal and so they have to deal with that and they have to deal with the author of the the novels and like all that stuff you think about games like Sonic 3 when we covered that game we looked at how Michael Jackson's estate messes up the re-releases of that game, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of weird stuff with that. I know that Ninja Turtles being owned by Nickelodeon now and Konami not um, making those games anymore messes stuff up. James Bond and Rare and Nintendo, that whole thing has yeah. been in the news uh, the last week because the James Bond Xbox 360 remaster popped up on the internet. So all these games have all these licensing things that mess up re-releases. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, but nonetheless, we're here now. The problem is solved. Everybody's happy. Ubisoft was able to re-release this game uh, on modern platforms, and we can play the the quote-unquote Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World, the game, complete edition. Complete edition. Because this one comes with all the DLC and stuff. Complete edition. We'll put air quotes around that for now. Okay, air quotes. Nobody can see you doing air quotes. Asterisk. 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 <laughs> Jordan, you want to jump into what the game does well? I think so. Let's uh, let's talk about what the game does well. All right, Jordan. What is the first thing on your list? All right, one thing that I love about this game is that there is a leveling system. And we talked about a lot of beat-em-up games on the podcast, and sometimes they can feel a little bit shallow. Mm-hmm. But there are things you can do in a beat-em-up game to add a lot of depth. And this one has a leveling system where you level up. I think 16 is the maximum, you said? Yep. And as you level up, you have different stat categories and you can strategically level up by using different items in the game to affect different stat categories. And as you level up, you unlock new combos. And so, you know, you start off with a very basic move set. And then as you go throughout the game and uh, you level up, you unlock new combos and new attacks and stuff. And it's like, this is great. Yeah, that kind of speaks to a couple of the points that I have that the game does well. One of them is the RPG elements, and the other one is the depth of controls. Uh, You touched vaguely on the stats here. You have strength, defense, willpower, and speed. And this game takes heavy cues from River City Ransom. Yes. With you need food, and uh, you can buy CDs and books 
and lots of different foods movies yeah um and they all will like refill your health or increase your stats and or give you more guts points which we should say uh river city ransom is the biggest sort of basis for this game where you have willpower and stuff in that game and when you get knocked down uh your willpower will allow you to regain health if you run out of uh, hp and like this whole system or you can pull special moves off with your guts powers you can call in knives chow and like the whole thing um but there's a lot here that you don't get in a normal beat-em-up yeah um and i do like that you're leveling up and that you have these food items and all these stats. It allows you to customize your character in a way that sort of fits with how you kind of want to play the game. They've taken the classic beat-em-up formula, brought it into a modern game, and added the stuff that you'd expect in a modern game. And I really like that. Yeah. And then the controls, too. So you've got block, you've got jump, you've got quick attack and like strong attack. Yep. And then the shoulder buttons... Uh, one of them does your like special attack, special attack, and the other one calls in knives. And Which I like is like a assist character. Yeah, assist character. That's a good way of putting it. Um, and those special abilities use your guts points. They don't use your health, which is another nice little. I think if it, if you use them when you're out of guts points, it'll use your health. But yes. Yeah. So in a lot of beat em up games, when you use a special attack, it takes away your health. In this game, you have guts, which I didn't even know it was called that. I thought of it as like a, like a special meter or a magic bar, like your yeah. whatever. So when you use your special move, it takes stuff out of that bar. If you don't use any special moves and you run out of health, it will take your special meter, your guts bar, and apply that to your health and like revive you. Yeah. And so it's kind of a. It's like a strategic thing. Do you want to use special moves and call in assists or do you want to save it to basically double your HP? Um, if you have no guts points and you try to use special, then like a classic beat-em-up game, your special will take away HP. Yeah. And th- that strategy actually is somewhat important uh, of a consideration here because the way of the game, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, uh, It's it's not an easy game to just walk through. You're going to be like retrying levels. And so considering how many lives and how much health you have is actually a factor in it. So it's uh it's an interesting strategy for the, the special move stuff, but to the depth of the controls, you're leveling up. And as you level up, like you can block out of the gate, but when you hit level four, all of a sudden you can reverse enemy attacks. And then like later on, you'll unlock a double jump and then you start with like one jump kick, but then you unlock a second aerial attack and then you unlock the ability to like recover. And so the, the, the skill set that you start out the game with is a very basic beat em up skill set. Yep. By the end of the game, you're you're doing all of this stuff on the controller that you couldn't do at the beginning of it, and I I really like that. At the end of the game, you just have all of these options to uh, tackle the combat and stuff that you don't have at the beginning of the game. Yeah, another thing that goes into that whole like leveling up is as you defeat enemies in this game, they drop coins, and mm-hmm. the game takes place in Canada, so they're dropping Canadian money, which is yeah. fun. Um, we, <laughs> we live right across the border from Canada. And so you always like have like a random Canadian quarter in your car and you're like, why well, can't use this for anything, but <laughs> it's fun to see it in a game. 
you collect the money, and then as Dan said, like some of these levels are hard, especially early on, you haven't unlocked stuff. You're gonna play levels, not beat them, but it's not a total waste because you're collecting money. You can go back to the shop, buy stat upgrades, um, buy experience points that level you up, and you can use those, then go back. And the first time you play, say level three, for example, you might get your butt kicked, but then if you go back after you're fully leveled up, you're gonna tear through that level. And so it, it is cool. Uh, to be able to collect money, level yourself up, and really see a big difference. Yeah, I feel like part of what we liked about River City Ransom was like once you get some of the upgrades, like the Dragon Punch or whatever, and then you go back, because there's a lot of backtracking in that game, then when you go back to like earlier parts of the game and knocking out guys instantly, like I feel like that's one of the fun things about that whole like RPG leveling up stuff is going back and killing guys in a single hit. It is nice because you think about a lot of games, you're constantly leveling up, but so are the enemies that you're fighting. Mm. So you never really realize your strength because it's like, okay, it was hard for me to fight a level one guy when I was a level one guy. And it's hard for me to fight a level 50 guy when I'm a level 50 guy. It's nice in games when you have this ability to go back like, for example, one of the stages is, has a bunch of shops. And so you're going to go back to the shops a bunch of times to to get stuff and level up. There's enemies in the shop level, and they're lower level enemies. So when you first get there the first time, like you're going to have a hard time brawling through those guys to get to the shops. But by the end of the game, you go back there and you just tear through them. And mm-hmm. you actually get to experience all of these stat upgrades that you've been buying. Yeah, yeah. If you've played River City Ransom, like it's pretty much that. It's very, it's pretty much that, except for it runs at a, um, a a frame rate that you can actually watch instead of a slideshow. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're playing on the Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle Collection Extravaganza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they fixed it. Another thing that I love in beat-em-up games and the thing that I always bring up as really differentiating them is the pickups. And this game has a ton of weapons, lots of different options, and they're fun. Like you have baseball bats and rocks and snowballs, a whole level where like it's a snowy level and you can just pick up snowballs off the ground and start mm-hmm. chucking them at people. Um, at one point, you can pick up a turnip from uh, or a radish, I don't know, from Super Mario Bros. 2 and chuck that at people. Um, there's lots of different options and unlike double dragon, often you can take your weapon from one area to the next without losing it, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the weapons like for me, I'm like, okay, there's weapons in this game. They all kind of like the animations don't change from like the baseball bat is the same animation as like the stun baton. And it's like, it almost all of these weapons kind of feel the same. Um, the thing I liked about it is it's not by it's it's not the most um, amazing use of weapons in a beat em up game. This doesn't compare to say like the Punisher, which is a retro game that I think does weapons extremely well. But you do have a nice mix of like melee weapons and throwing weapons. Mm-hmm. And then you have some that are like in between. You have like this little dagger that you can use as a melee weapon or as a throwing weapon. And I just thought like it does a good job. It's not anywhere near on the level of, like, say, Castle Crashers, yeah. which has a much better weapon system. But it's nice. It definitely it has a one-up over a lot of the retro beat-em-ups that we've played. Mm. Um, but it's not quite on the same par as some of the more modern um, beat-em-ups in their weapon selection. So that's a good point. I mean, I'm glad it's in there. Yeah. But it's just it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, the weapons in uh, Scott Pilgrim are game-changing. 
No, so <laughs> a lot of times when I'm thinking of weapons, I'm also thinking of like environmental stuff because it all mm. ties in. So you have like characters who come in with weapons and you have like the, the world that you can destruct. Maybe you can pick up a trash can, throw it. This game does that well. You yeah. do have um, some levels that take place on a city street and there'll be like a car parking meter, like where you, mm-hmm. you know, where you'd pay for your parking. And you can actually like smash the parking meters and get money out of them. Mm-hmm. And so, or like there'll be a, a phone booth and you can destroy the phone booth. So just like little things like that, they're not like game changing or game breaking, but they do add like a sort of like a sense of place in the world where like you, I don't know. I like, yes, I like it from that perspective for sure. As I just entertained the thought of like, what would this game be like without weapons? I'm like, yeah, it definitely needs weapons. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, the next thing that I have Jordan graphics. I like the art style. I like the, the, the pixel art here. Yeah. Um, it looks good. As I read a little bit of the, the Scott Pilgrim graphic novel, I was like, yes, this looks like it's a good video game translation. Although it might be even cooler if they actually just went with the straight comic art style. But considering that this is like obviously an homage to retro beat-em-ups, obviously it's going to be pixel art. But I like the way that this game looks. Yep, it looks cool. The animations are great. It's got some little cutscenes. They're great. Um, they definitely did take a lot of reference from River City. Like you can see, even some of the bad guys have that like classic uh, head shape from those games. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's nice. It, it's a good throwback while also um, lining up with the art from the comic books. I like how you said River City instead of River City Ransom. I'm not even going to try because I would have said River City Rampage. Yeah, I would have said it wrong. It's fine. I'm just going to not even try anymore. RCR. <laughs> Call it Street Gangs. Street Gangs. Crash in the Boys. It does have a Crash in the Boys reference in it. So yeah. there you go. It also uh, has a Clash at Demon Head reference, which is another NES game. Is it? Yes. So all the or all of the bands. So if you don't know the basic story, Scott is a bass player in a rock and roll band, mm-hmm. and so the the early story has a lot to do with that. And then like they're in a battle of the bands, and they're fighting some of the other bands. Yeah. yeah. Are all of the other bands named after old video games? I don't think so. Just those two. I could be wrong. Um, Maybe but yeah, Who I knows? don't. I don't think so. Which that transitions nicely into something that I have uh, that the game does well, and that's references to nerdy stuff like Mario and Zelda and yep. like Ninja Turtles, and obviously the game is very River City Ransom. Um, just the franchise, I think, as a whole, makes a lot of nods to like uh, nerd culture, um, and I like that. I'm a big fan of that too. Like uh, the the last one of the last areas of the game is techno base. Yes. And it looks like the Technodrome from yes. uh, Ninja Turtles. And it's it was obviously supposed to be like based on that. And uh, you're seeing like little Link guys running around at some point. Um, in the subspace highways, you've got these question mark blocks that give you money. Yeah. You, you pulled a Mario 2 uh, vegetable out of the ground. It's a radish or a turnip, some sort of vegetable that you know. people don't like to eat. Uh, and so, yes, I like the, the references in this game. Another thing that you have to talk about when talking about this game is the music. It's phenomenal. Mm, It's, uh, like probably the go-to like soundtrack to look at for modern chiptune. It's just so good. So good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Anamanaguchi. 
which is a very uh, popular chiptune band. And um, it's it fits this game really well, and it's uh, it's good. It's there's not I don't think there's a bad track on this entire soundtrack. No, it's so good. The so the thing is they really leaned into that like battle of the bands theme. All of the music has like a very rock feel, but it's pure chip tune. Mm-hmm. Like it will sound like electric guitars and drums, but they're they're utilizing synthesizers and it just sounds so good I, yeah. love, I love every bit of it yeah if you don't know anything about this game and you don't take anything from this episode go check out the soundtrack yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> worth your time um cheats jordan this game has cheats we didn't dig into this at all but i i know it from the original version and from poking around a little bit uh there's there are some fun cheats here that um i like Cheats are, um, cheats are a good thing. I'm a fan of cheats. Yeah. And the cheat. The cheat. Um, so at the end of the game, you get this, the power of love sword. And like you can get it, you can put in a cheat and you can just have this like super powerful sword, which I think has like almost Legend of Zelda sword range where you like throw oh, yeah. waves out of it. You can Spoiler get, alert for next week's episode. <laughs> um <laughs> Does not do people not know that Zelda, I don't know. Do people not know that Zelda can shoot swords? Zelda, yeah, Zelda. My favorite part about Legend of Zelda is when Zelda gets his first sword and he can shoot the laser beams out of it. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. Uh, the so lives are precious in this game. You're getting money the whole time. There's a cheat that you can put in to like. I think it's like spend $50 to get a life and it's like a Konami code thing. And there's another cheat to like unlock the sound test sort of deal. And um, I don't know. This game has some fun cheats in it. Yeah, definitely gives it a good retro feel. There's not enough modern games that have button cheats. Yeah. Well, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think cheats have kind of just fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Unless they're. Why would you give a cheat for something when you could charge a microtransaction for it instead? Um, my brain is like Not doing really. the math problems on the board. Like, yeah, uh, I'm trying to oh, figure. Oh, so out. you're doing you're doing <laughs> the Sephiroth. yeah, exactly. You're just li- reliving Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> what was that attack called? Uh, you uh, meteor? Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, hold on. Why did you just ask me that? Because he does the the attack, and there's the math know, problems in space, like and then the, the thing so, comes from out and destroys uh, the sun. Supernova? Supernova. I just had to think through the animation. It's about a four-minute animation, so it took me a while to remember it all. Yeah, I remember how you got hit by the supernova like seven times at the end of the game when you got to the end of Final Fantasy VII. Um, I have anyways. no shame. No. <laughs> Some people have fear of missing out. I have none when it comes to the end of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I got to watch you play some of it, and that was more than enough. And it's funny, Jordan. I actually am reliving Final Fantasy VII via the remake, which is... Very, very good. Uh, anyways, moving on. What else do you have that the game does well? Um, I think it's really cool this game has an option to play four players. Mm. Beat-em-up games are always better with friends. And what's better than two players? Three players. What's better than three players? Four players. Maybe. Maybe? What are you th- talking about? That seems, like a, that seems like a good time to play through this. I remember way back in the day when this first came out, playing this on Xbox 360 at my in-laws house and we didn't play through the whole thing but we played through and it was a good time it's not a good time if you don't like the people you're with 
Oh, good point. Yeah. Pro tip, don't play video games co-op with people you don't like, I guess. <laughs> and if you're like, but Jordan, Dan, I don't have any friends. Guess what? You can go online and play this game with other people. I accidentally did that today. I um, was trying to join a game with Dan, and I joined a game with some random people. So even a few months after this game came out, you can jump in and find a co-op match with random people on the internet. Not a few months, Jordan. This game's been out for less than a month. What? I thought it yeah, came out. The time that this is coming, the game came out on January 21st. Oh. 2021. So we're recording this on what is it? February 3rd? For some February reason. February 6th. February 6th. For some reason, I thought it came out for the actual 10th anniversary. Uh, in August. But no, it's just, it's recently no. out. Okay. Yes. This is why. That's why we're doing this bonus episode right now, Jordan. All right. Because <laughs> it just came out. Listen, I'm not here to have facts, I'm just here. Purely for opinion. I'm not really sure. I was always dreading that you were going to ask me that. (laughs) And uh, here we are. (laughs) Jordan doesn't know that the way that he became the co-host on Worth It or Worthless was I opened my phone book on my phone without actually looking at it. I randomly scrolled and I just hit a name and it just happened to be you. Yeah, that's the good thing about having a name at the top of the alphabet. I'm just always nope, up there. It's by first name, Jordan. By first name. By, that's how my phone. Who I does their? All right, never mind. We're I don't gonna, know. I can't even. <laughs> I don't even know the last time I used the contacts app. Um, maybe we should even get a sponsorship for the contacts <laughs> the app. Contacts app. <laughs> it's an underrated app. I think it's one of those ones people don't use anymore because you just do quick search for whoever you want to call. But you use your phone very differently than I do. Why would you ever scroll through the contacts when you could just type in the name of the person you want to call? They're all favorites. All of the people that I call are just favorites. I don't have to search for anything except for like once every two months when I want to call somebody or text somebody that I don't normally talk to. All right. (laughs) Anyway, Dan, you got anything else? Uh, I do. I do. Uh, Multiple characters. You got six characters in this game. Yep. Uh, They're not all just the same. They're not palette swaps. No, which is nice. Yeah. So, and then... This may be something that the game doesn't do well, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, so I tried, I played through the game with Wallace, and I played with Knives a little bit. Uh, Knives is the name of a character for those not yes. in the know. Um, and with Knives, I started from scratch. No money, the levels weren't unlocked. Oh, uh, your money doesn't carry yes. over from character so to character. So it's kind of like a new save. Gotcha. Uh, hmm. So it may or may not. I mean, sure, it's. <sighs> I guess it makes sense. Like you, yes. you like to do that in Tony Hawk, where you play through the whole game with a new character, and you don't have your money that transfers over. So I guess it kind of makes sense. But I do wish that they would give you a slight advantage with a new character. Yeah. Because um, the the beginning of this game, we will talk about the beginning of this game. I think. Um, okay. But anyway, that sounds cryptic. Yes, it's very cryptic. Just not in the what the game does well segment, Jordan. Oh, interesting. Oh, um, multiple characters. I like that. It they all play a little different. Yep. It's a beat 'em up. They're all kind of similar, but they're not all exactly. They punch. The same. They kick. They jump. They got different super moves. Yes. Uh, Jordan also extra modes. Extra modes, it does have some extra modes, which is always nice, especially in a game like this where it's, you know, it's a beat-em-up. Maybe you're sick of punching and kicking your way through the same seven levels and you want to try something new. 
There are some bonus options. Yeah, you want to try some? Are you sick of running through seven levels? How about you stand on the same screen in the survival horror mode and see how many zombies you can kill before they kill you? Yep, or you could play a round of dodgeball. Yeah, which we didn't try. No, but I'm assuming that it's probably like the um, Kunio Kun dodgeball game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We should I should have tested that. And then there's a battle royal. Battle Royale. It doesn't <laughs> say, yeah, it says Battle Royale. They forgot the E. I don't know if that was on purpose or on accident. Um, maybe they just never updated it from the original release of this game. Maybe it said a Battle Royale originally. Maybe. Um, so you can like fight your friends if you have any. Yeah. It's and like the end of, wait, what game was it that we did that where we fought each other at the end? Is that River City where you had to fight each other at the end of the game? Mm. It was one of the Kunio Kun games. You get to the end. Or maybe I'm thinking of Crashing, Crashing the, Boys. the Boys. I'm thinking of the fighting part yeah. in Crashing the Boys. That's what it yeah. is. Which is a Kunio Kun uh, game. That's true. And then there's Boss Rush mode. Boss Rush mode. Yep, if you want to fight that's all the bosses. Thing. But I liked. I played the survival horror mode a few times. Uh, once or twice. And I survived for like 10 minutes and I killed over like a hundred zombies. So, or I survived for nine minutes and something. And I don't know. It was fun. I you liked, could, I liked it. You could literally say anything and nobody would be able to fact check you. I, <laughs> I personally paid, played for 30 minutes and killed 4,000 zombies. <laughs> that was just me. I'm a little bit better at the game than you. Yeah. <clears throat> the thing that was weird about the uh, survival horror mode is that it has music, but it takes like six minutes before the music starts. What? Yeah, it was very strange. I don't know um, if that was like your game glitching because your game had some glitches that mine didn't have. Like you, maybe. when we went to the store world on your game, you said like like all of the audio took a little bit to kick in, but on mine, I never had that issue. Yeah, when I picked the shopping district, the music doesn't come in for like six or seven seconds. Shopping district, that makes a lot more sense than store world. Store, <laughs> store world. Um, Jordan, I think that that is all. That covers all of my points for what the game does well. All right, let's dig into what this game doesn't do so well. Dan, you want to know what the thing is that kind of stood out to me the most of what this game didn't do so well? Let me try to guess. Um, was it the weird online co-op bugs? No, I <laughs> I don't really care about that. If you're going to play co-op, like maybe just be in the same room as people. Online is a nice option, but it's not a deal breaker for me because you're going to just, just sit down and play with your friends. All right, we'll talk about that in a second. We will. But let's hear what you got. Um, so this game might have taken a little bit too much from River City in that mm-hmm. the shops, there's shops everywhere, which is cool. There's lots of shops, lots of different stuff to buy, but you have no clue what any of the things do Yeah, until you buy it. Yeah. So Straight you might, out of River City Ransom. You might have to spend $120, which is a lot of money in this game on something, and you have no clue. Is this something that I actually need? Is this something that's actually going to help me, or is this thing completely worthless? Yeah. Um... <sighs> I'm sort of it gives you like little hints about what some stuff of them does. Some of them give you hints. Something might say like makes you stronger or speeds you up. 
And then you're like, okay. But there's some of them where, you know, it gives you a little boost in every stat category. You have no idea. Or there's ones that do a whole bunch of things and you don't have any clue until you buy it. And that's okay when something is only like $5 or $6. But when you're spending like $30 or $100, that's a lot to just be totally taking a guess. And I don't want to open up a manual and look at stuff for a beat-em-up game. Like this isn't, <laughs> I don't want to walk through for a beat-em-up game. I feel like at the very least what they could have done was after you buy something, tell you what it does. Like, well, it does. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, it, say, it stays there the next time oh, you hover over it. Yeah. So you buy it and it tells you, like, oh, this gave you this much health, this much guts, and it upped your strength by three and your willpower by two. But then when you go back to the shopping district, you may or may not remember what everything does. And I wish that it would have told you just right there after you had already purchased just it. Just imagine, Dan, if you will, walking into like a GNC or a vitamin shop and there's just bottles everywhere. And you just pick one up randomly and you go and buy it and you pay the money. And then the guy tells you, oh, that's for your muscles or whatever. <laughs> and that's sort of how this game feels is like you're just going and buying random supplements without having any idea what they do. And yeah. it just seems irresponsible to me. Uh, well, you can buy CDs. But yeah, that's true. That yeah. That's a little bit less creepy yeah. than like, I don't know, the thing. But like, then you buy a CD and it makes you stronger or faster. I feel like CDs is code for drugs. All of the things, <laughs> okay. all of the things in this game are codes for drugs because uh, okay. what else is going to increase your speed right, or Jordan. your stamina or your guts? Your guts, Dan. Well, it's things like uh, if you read a book, maybe it expands your intelligence sort of a thing. There's a uh, – well, I think one of the books in the game – is like it's like doing a hundred push-ups or something, and I think that yeah. increases your strength. That's nice. Sometimes they do give you a hint. So but maybe, maybe not always. Maybe reading a book. Uh, Take a look. Right. It's in the book. Reading Rainbow. Yes. Anyways, uh, River City Ransom is where they got that from, and I don't know how I've. On the one hand, it's like, oh, cool. It's like a nice retro gaming reference. But on the other hand, it just doesn't. I mean, really maybe do it once. Don't do it perfect. Don't do it in all twenty shops. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I didn't like that. Yeah, uh, Jordan, I do have the the online co op bugs that we discovered today as something that maybe the game doesn't do so well. Yeah, I don't know if that's the game as much as it is like trying to do any sort of online thing on Nintendo. You, you, who knows which aspect of that? Who's to blame? Yeah, so the the we tried to load up a game together. Just yes. first straight out of the gate, I invite you so okay, you have to like launch into the world and then pick a level and then pick your character and then invite your friend. Yeah, the order of operations is strange, but we have to give them credit for actually using the Nintendo Switch invite feature, which I don't know any other game that I have that uses it. <laughs> you can invite any friend who's online and it will pop up a notification on their screen, even if they're playing a different game, inviting them, which feels like something from Xbox 360. <laughs> you know, it's like, holy cow, Nintendo actually has a cool feature that exists, but nobody uses it. Nintendo doesn't use it. Most games don't use it. Scott Pilgrim uses it. So we have to give him credit for that. Yeah. Now, when you did invite me, you did the order of operations, having to go and like pick all that stuff before inviting somebody, that's kind of weird. Um, the fact that once you invited me, it took like three tries before we actually got it to work well. But and, and then 
And then, okay. So we load up into level six. We beat up the first screen of guys. We're walking to the right, and the game like won't let us progress. Oh, I'm counting that as one of our three tries of not working. Oh, well, but once we finally did get it working, it worked for the rest of the game pretty well. But well, there's two it's two specific instances that caused me to put this on the list, and it was like so we the first time we finally got into the same match, we beat up guys. He Jordan brought his switch to my house. Because, again, it's like, well, can he put his profile on my Switch and have his saved data? We didn't test out if it was just as good as Xbox 360 and you can put your profile on somebody else's console and have your saved data. I don't know if the cloud saves work that well. But, so he brought his Switch over and we beat up the first screen of enemies. And I'm, like, walking to the right and the game isn't progressing. And then we look at his Switch because, like, the there was no latency. You were on the same... Wi-Fi network. Yeah, I could watch it on your TV or on my Switch. And then on his Switch, he's still on the first screen. There's like a guy that's frozen. There was a glitch, Dan. And it was like, okay, that's very weird. Like what? So we had to like do the whole process again, re-invite him, the whole thing. And then later on, we went to the shopping district and he paused the game on his Switch and I bought something and then he bought something and then he was froze on the pause menu and we had to, again, kill the game. to. Yeah, I don't know if, like, I accidentally went to the pause menu and then Dan left. Like, there were some bugs. Like, when he invited me, I needed to not be trying to do anything. And I think that, like, when you are doing different things on the different switches, that's when stuff goes wrong, which shouldn't happen. Yes. But I think there are workarounds to make it work if you are careful. Your mileage may vary with online co-op is kind of what I'm saying. You yep. may run into some very strange bugs. Um and I don't know how much. I don't know if the, if we got the PS4 or three. Uh, I think it's on Xbox One as well. I assume it is. Um, I don't know if those online infrastructures work better, or if it's like a Nintendo Switch thing. Yeah, because Nintendo's online is. Well, we don't have to get into that. We don't. We're not reviewing that. <laughs> Maybe we should. Do you got? Uh, let us know. DM us if you want to hear our review of. Uh, Services such as the Switch Online uh, infrastructure, how 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 what we think about the friends list and the achievement system on the Switch. That's um, not a thing. Oh, oops. Who cares? I don't a care. Lot anyway, of people, back shout out to, to Emo Fergie, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the real world. Quick. Emo Fergie cares. He got a hundred K gamer score recently. Congratulations, Emo Fergie. All I hear when you say that is that Xbox <laughs> and Microsoft are ah. enabling a unhealthy addiction. Uh, Quite no. possibly. He no. did say it took him like 10 years to do that. Anyway, <laughs> you know what else I don't like about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Dan? Mm, um, no, you don't have to guess. No, I don't. It was, it was hypothetical. <laughs> Why did you ask? It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer every time. You're, you're supposed to say, what? And then I say the thing. Anyway, I don't another know how to thing, do this, Jordan. It's another thing they took from River City Ransom, and it's the whole, your health and lives carry over from one level to the next. Oh, my word. So instead of yes. being topped off with full HP and three lives at the beginning of each level, if you just barely managed to squeak out a win over the last boss and you have like 10 HP and no lives left, that's what you're going to start the next level with, which you might as well just go run into the first enemies you see and let them kill you so you can just restart. Like, why do they do that? There's no benefit to that. All right. Well, that kind of speaks to a little bit of a major point that I have. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this particularly well, but it's just the sense where I'm of two minds about this game. Like, it's a great beat-em-up, and I like the RPG elements. 
But the game blends beat em up RP and RPGs in a way where I don't think it does either one particularly incredibly. I yeah, it could definitely be better. I think the beat em up side is totally fine. Right. The RPG side could use a little bump. So this game so River City Ransom, you're like backtracking and you're trying to solve this story of sorts where you're going all over the world back and forth and finding these different bosses. But the game is what, a little over an hour long? Yeah. In this game, the levels are all you're just walking to the right, traditionally like beat 'em up style. Yep. Um but then it makes you go back to the shops to like improve your characters to get stronger to replay the same levels over and over again. So it's like it almost it wants to be an arcade beat 'em up. Yeah. But then they I don't want to say they shoehorn because I like the RPG elements. I like getting stronger. I like your character becoming better. But you're going to have to replay these levels. And it feels very weird, specifically for a beat-em-up genre, where the those games are typically 45 minutes to an hour yeah. of doing the same thing over and over again. And this game is like, how long to beat says like four hours long. Yeah, they stretched it out to four hours by making some of the levels harder than they needed to be so that you would take advantage of the RPG elements. So it doesn't feel good. Um, I don't know about that. I like that it's here. I don't know about that because I actually enjoyed like the challenge of, well, I didn't beat the third level on my first try, but I was able to get a little bit further than I did last time. I got some money, and now I can go power myself up and come back and attack it again. Yeah, but the, the, to your point about the lives, like your lives don't carry over, your health doesn't carry over. Even when we loaded up the first game together today, we both had zero lives with a little bit of health, and it's like, that's really dumb. It is. And not only, like, you can go buy food, and you can, like, heal yourself up, but it- Wizard needs food badly. Always. I mean- Always. But at the same time, like there's a secret shop in the first in the shopping district or whatever. Where if you spend oh, Store World? Store World, yes. If you spend $130, you get plus fifty strength, or I think $120 you get plus fifty speed. So it's like, why would I go waste my money on food when I can buy this other stuff that's actually like really useful permanently? I'm gonna have to replay the level anyways, probably. It's yeah. like it's almost like the food and that kind of stuff, the live system and health, it feels unnecessarily cumbersome, yeah. but it's here to encourage the RPG elements and the shopping. And I'm like, yes. Ah. And as I think about a game like Castle Crashers, which is like the most obvious um, to me, like contemporary with Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. That game has RPG elements and upgradable moves and like shops and stuff. And it doesn't, ever feel to me as uh, unnecessarily cumbersome as this game There's way more felt. Yeah, but there's way more levels in that. But so, they're a lot shorter, too. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. It's hard to compare because they're definitely trying to do different things. This is definitely a smaller experience than Castle Crashers. Uh, but, see, that's that's just the thing about it, though. They're both beat-em-up RPGs. So they are... They are contemporaries yeah but like castle crashers is all about like collecting different animals and weapons and unlocking new characters and this game is not that necessarily like castle crashers you've gone through and beat it once you didn't beat castle crashers you've beaten it once out of like a possible 60 times to do everything you want to do yeah yeah but i feel like castle crashers 
while I enjoy Castle Crashers and sort of going back to it, I was never like, oh, I beat the game with one character. I want to go back and redo this now. I was always excited a few months later when I would go back and start Orange Knight and then Red Knight and then Pink Knight and then Purple Knight and then Archer. All the enemies and like Alien Hominid. Like I was always excited to start a new run of Castle Crashers. Um, in this game, I'm like, oh, I played it once to fully level the character. Do I want to go play through this again? It was really, really nice since it's been so long since I played through Scott Pilgrim to like yeah. go back and, and do another playthrough of Scott Pilgrim. But I'm not like, I want to go do the other five characters now. The hard thing with the, with all of this is that I'm not sure how it would be if you played this with four players. You just wanted to sit down with some friends and like blow through it. I'm not sure you could like you can in a lot of other beat em ups because you have to do the backtracking and everybody mm. taking time at the shops to level up. And so you kind of lose that, like, let's just go and play through this whole game as a team and just knock it out in one go. I think for me, I, the game is too small to have the RPG elements the way that it yeah. did. And if it, if it was bigger, then it would have made a lot more sense to me. Yep, I agree um, with that. But at the same time, it's tough when you are talking about a beat em up because the gameplay in a beat em up gets old after a certain period of time of in, in one single play session. Yeah, so the RPG stuff absolutely helps with that because just when you're starting to get sick of punching guys, well now you have a new way to punch guys and <laughs> and they're genuinely fun. Like when you yeah. get the ability to like um like bounce off people's heads or to juggle guys, like it it does adds a whole new element. You're like, well, now I have a new way to play, and it yeah. is fun. Yeah, uh, and sort of transitioning a little bit to a point that's similar, but not. I feel like you start off the game too underpowered. Like this game to me takes a while till you're. It's actually fun. So you know what's really funny? You want to hear my last point of what the game doesn't do well, Dan? <laughs> the end of the game isn't quite as strong as the beginning. <laughs> so I felt the opposite. I had a lot of fun in the first three levels and like trying to like level my guy up and, and to figure out what was going on. And then the last two levels, when I had the guy who was like super powered up and they started, well, part of it was because they tried to do some different stuff at the end, like adding in some weird platforming and like trap areas and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I actually enjoyed the beginning more so than the end. Yeah. To me, the beginning was just like, I feel like I should be leveling up a little bit faster than I am. These enemies are kind of taking forever to, to take down. Uh, the, the abilities that you're giving me maybe should just exist to begin with. At the same time, I like the unlockable abilities, but it's like, oh, man, what? So... Now I have the the quick punch, strong punch combo because I leveled up. Like, why just don't I have a quick, strong punch combo to begin with? Um, I don't know. The enemies block a lot. So it's it just the game kind of feels like a slog to begin with. I'm like, I want this game to be progressing faster. Um, it was I didn't get uh, to a spot where I was like really happy with how the game how I felt like strong my character how strong I felt my character was until about level three. Yeah. So and that's a while into the game. Um yeah. You don't agree? I I don't know. I mean different strokes for different folks. I enjoyed <laughs> the beginning. I think I enjoyed the beginning more than the end. 
Yeah, I just feel like this this game is maybe again it it just calls back to that sort of what is this is a beat 'em up RPG. It's four hours long. Okay, I mean this is getting to Streets of Rage three territory here. Um, when you're talking about <laughs> a beat 'em up, possibly overstaying its welcome. But then again, like you're I don't know. I don't know, Jordan. Do we ever? Can anyone know? I well, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that alone. This is actually a philosophy podcast now. If you guys didn't know, 100. Uh, percent Speaking of philosophy, Jordan, uh, how do we feel about Ubisoft forcing you to make a Ubisoft account to unlock all of the content in the complete edition? You do not get knives, Chow, as a playable character unless you make a Ubisoft account. Um, you also can't play multiplayer online unless you make a Ubisoft account. So this is the thing. Uh, on the one hand, it is slightly annoying. On the other hand, it's 100% expected in 2021. Like I wasn't yes. even ti- a tiny bit phased by that. I was phased by like where's knives when I started the game because like you couldn't when you, I couldn't buy the game anymore. I couldn't like at some point I was playing this game and it wasn't available anymore and i was like can i buy the dlc oh you can't buy the dlc so i was i was like looking forward to trying out the characters that i never got to play yeah in the original version and i was like i can't where's knives like oh i guess you have to unlock her and then like when i loaded up the game i think for the second time i got a little pop-up message it's like make a ubisoft account to unlock not and i'm like really (laughs) really you're gonna lock some of the content in the quote-unquote complete edition by making me make an account, like it, it took was just ten a, seconds to put your email address in there, and it's not that big of a deal, and it is expected, and a lot of companies do this, but it was like, how are you gonna like? I was in, I was at work on my, I didn't have internet, yeah. Like if I wanted to play this character, like come on now, it just it felt a little, a little underhanded to me. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Especially if you're somebody who is going to... There's a a limited physical release for this, right? Yeah. So if you're somebody who picks up that limited physical release, you know, years down the line from now, and maybe that server's not online anymore, and then you just never have an opportunity to get knives. Yeah, I don't know. It was a... It was a thing that did not make me feel good. That's, That's what I'll tell you about that. I can see that. You got anything else? Um... No. no. All right. I think we've I think we did it. We did it. All right. We did it. All right. Let's let's uh let's let's move on and, and close this thing out, Jordan. Let's do it. All right, Jordan, uh, what do you, so I know, you know, I know you know what you paid. For, I did. For this I paid $15 um, for this. Yes, we, we paid $15 for this. So it's not what would you pay for the, well, what do you think the experience you had is worth? So I had a good time. I enjoyed this game. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's a game that I would like to play with four players sometime just yeah. because it, it's yeah, I don't know, it's a good it's a good modern beat 'em up. Now Street Rage four, that was yes. only three players, right? 
Yeah. I think it's only three players. Battletoads, only three players. So as a person with three brothers, if I get together with my brothers on vacation or something and we want to play a beat-em-up together, this might be the one that we go for because it's four players. So I really did have a good time with this game. It does a lot of fun stuff. I love the music. Um, that being said, like I still feel bad. Like I still feel like 15 was maybe a little bit too much. Wow. Um, but that's partially oh. because I know this is an Ubisoft game and I know that their games, they, they don't hold their value. Like the company doesn't value their games very long. Phoenix Rising just came <laughs> out, literally just came out, has a ton of acclaim, won some uh, awards, and less than a month after it comes out, I got an email yesterday from Nintendo saying a game on your wish list is on sale, and they dropped it like 30%. Wow. And so if you want to play this game, like it, as a person who is cautious about how they spend their money, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I, you know, I'm just cheap. That's fine. So I feel a little bit bad buying this at $15 because I know a couple months from now it's probably going to be 10 And I feel like 10 is a perfect price for this game. Uh, I was thinking about this last night, I think it was, where I'm like, if this game was 20 bucks, that would be a, a, a worthless. $15, I think, is a good spot for it to be at yeah, I don't, max. I don't feel bad. I just feel like I know this is going to go on sale and I would feel better at $10. Yeah. So do you feel like you got your $15 worth? Uh, do you feel like you will get $15 of value out of this game? Uh, so like for me, like that would mean like spending 15 hours playing this game. And I don't know that that's going to happen. So you think a dollar an hour? I don't know. I'm just like spitballing. <laughs> so Breath of the Wild, is it like a hundred dollar game to you yes <laughs> absolutely if yeah absolutely i can't i would pay a hundred dollars for breath of the wild Inside it's literally the mind one of my of a madman it's one of my favorite games it might be my favorite game okay I mean, and fun. i put i put like 150 hours into it so yeah sure that was a that was a good return on my investment all right i'm just trying to understand your logic i want when i buy something i want to get my money's worth out of it yeah so, like, when you buy something that you're only going to spend three hours with. Like I a mean, burrito? Like five bucks an hour? No, Dan, that's different. <laughs> We've already had this conversation. A burrito isn't just the 20 minutes that I spend eating it. It's the lifelong, it, it, it builds upon all the other burritos that I've eaten, and it becomes part of my life force. It gives me... It gives me nutrients that I need to go throughout my day. So it's not just that 20 minutes, but it it makes possible, you know, several days worth of activity. Several and, days. Uh, it gives me <laughs> it gives me the sustenance that I need to interact with the people that I love and to do the things that I care about. And so a burrito has so much more intrinsic value than a video game, which is a momentary um I don't know, what do you call it? It's like a it's like a a momentary diversion. Okay. From reality. See, for me, I often, when I'm asking myself these questions about money and things like that, I'm like, well, I go pay on a regular basis $8 for a pizza. At the very least, I can spend $15 on a video game that I'm going to get way more time and have something to show for it in a week, in a month, in a year than I do out of the $8 I don't even think about spending on a pizza. Like... Sometimes Food for me, is different though, Dan. Yeah, well, I could. Well, here, put it this way: 
I could spend $8 on a pizza or I could open my freezer and eat the food that I have here. You know what I'm saying? That's how I kind of think about it. I'm like, well, all right. Like I'm 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 more comfortable buying a game because it's something that I have. Whereas food, I feel like I only have it for a short period of time before I don't have it anymore. You just described the original 2010 release of Scott Pilgrim. You had it for a time, and I then still you have didn't it. have it anymore. I ha- No, I could still play it. You just couldn't purchase a new license for it anymore. Okay. So like, you could have come and played Scott Pilgrim at you know my house for the last decade. I could have. You could have. Maybe we should have, but we didn't. Um, so anyways, point being, I'm thinking $15 is the... <laughs> They're not going to increase the price. So, uh, what you think? Just wait till inflation hits. <laughs> um, no, they're definitely not going to raise the price. I guarantee no. this will be on sale in February, if not March. <laughs> it's you know what? Valentine's Day. This is a game about love and dating. Yeah. Valentine's Day. This is going to go on sale. Ten dollars is absolute worth it. Fifteen dollars is like a. Are you interested in it? Then probably it's fine to pay fifteen bucks for it. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily feel bad that I paid fifteen bucks for it, but I'm glad that I didn't pay any more than that. If you're like minorly intrigued and you're just listening to this because you have literally nothing else to do, you know, wait until Black Friday when this game sells for three dollars. Because that's what Ubisoft do. (laughs) Same worthless right now, but it will be worth it shortly. (laughs) <laughs> don't rush out just be patient I'm struggling I don't know if I can make a call worth it or worthless on this one I'm thinking three two one say it my gut is I feel too conflicted Jordan here we feel, go three two feel, one say it I feel conflicted about uh, saying worth it because I'm like but it's a good game that I like Okay, Dan's saying worth it. I'm it just saying, takes a while to get to a point where I like it. Yeah. So it's like, what's that about? This is the thing, and this is why I like these bonus episodes, because modern game prices are so much different. If we're talking about a retro game, it's probably only going to go up. With this one, it's going to come down. It may not be worth it right now. It will be worth it when this game goes on sale. All right. What? It's fact. All right. no, it's a I'm fact. Just, uh, yeah, sure. Same thing. I think it's the same exact thing we said with Streets of Rage, except yeah. for this game is made by a company that is notorious for discounting their software immediately. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jordan. Dan. Moving on. Since uh, the, the bounty. We got, we, got, we got a Final Fantasy winner. Yes, we do have a winner of our January bounty winning a copy, your choice of either Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation 1 or the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And we drew our winner from a large... We had a lot of entries this month. Mm-hmm. And our winner is Scott Ritchie. Congrats, Congratulations, Scott. Scott. Yes, you are the winner. We will be in touch to figure out which prize you want. And if you didn't win, don't worry. We have an awesome prize this month. We're giving away the aforementioned Breath of the Wild, a digital code for Nintendo Switch. And all you have to do is send us a direct message on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord, wherever. Send us a direct message. You can send us an email at worth it or worthless podcast at gmail.com. And this is what you need to do. You need to let us know what is your favorite Legend of Zelda moment? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Just which one was your favorite? Yeah. Was it Link pulling out the Master Sword? Was it using your bombs to blow up Dodongo? Whatever it may be. Dodongo dislikes smoke. He dislikes smoke. That's true. He's got an allergy. He's got asthma. 
What's your favorite Legend of Zelda moment? Just send us a message. We'll add you to the list. You can also gain entries by talking with us on Discord. Just come in, start chatting about video games, uh, sub sandwiches, WandaVision, whatever it is you want to talk about, we've probably got a channel for it and you can come and we'll chat. It's a good time. We have a great community over there. It's a good time. Um, we rarely get into arguments and when we do they're lighthearted, <laughs> and they always end in group hugs so come check out the discord you can find the link on our social media or probably in the notes of this episode notes the notes not those notes the details <laughs> I always call them the show notes but I guess it's the the, the details the podcast description posca- the description every app calls it something different um, so check in there come yeah. hang out with us on discord use the introduction channel and say hey and you'll get a whole bunch of friendly people saying hey back at you. And you can win stuff. Yeah, you, get you can entries. win extra bounty entries. Jordan, where, what is our social media for those of us who might yes. not know? Wherever you look for us, you can find us at W-I-O-W podcast. Those are the initials of worth it or worth it. <laughs> and then the full word podcast. And we're on there. We're on the internet. Jordan, uh, something recent in worth it or worthless. I'm doing more streaming. Yeah, that's uh, true. At twitch.tv slash worth it or worthless. Um, currently running through Earthbound and on, uh, so I'm streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays usually. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Earthbound right now on Tuesdays and on Thursdays I'm working on a no damage run of Mega Man 9, which is not going well. Well, uh, that sounds awful, but you know, someone has to do it. At some point I will get good. Yeah, maybe, maybe Um, not. But so yeah, if you, uh, if you want to come hang out, uh, that's a, that's also a way to hang out with us. Yes, it's a good time, and uh, usually you can jump in the chat and say things to Dan that make him frustrated, and it's fun. It's not fun for him, but it's fun for the rest of us. <laughs> so come on out. Uh, all right, my friend, do you have anything else before we close out the show? I think that's going to do it. We haven't made a, a pitch in a while. If you like the show or if you hate the show, will you leave us a review on uh, Apple iTunes podcast, whatever it's called, Apple podcast. It does help us a lot and it's fun more, more than anything. It's fun for us to read them. We like to see those. It, it makes us laugh. It makes us cry. And uh, <laughs> leave us a review. If you've been listening for a while, been lurking, send us some, send us a, send us a review. It's, See, the thing the thing about reviews is they are social proof for people who do not listen to the podcast. If they're looking for a new retro gaming podcast, they're going to look at the reviews. Yeah, and so true. the reviews help people know that this show is um, well. Leave us a review and leave it in a way where you're not going to scare people off. Oh, <laughs> oh, or maybe you what? should scare people off. Yeah, this is a secret club. This is only for it's people who have made it. Pa- yeah, it's a secret club, Dan. Well, we I, have jackets. Do you so, not have a jacket? Do, <laughs> I was trying to figure out why every podcast is like reviews help us out, and I was like, how do reviews help? It's and a, it literally is just the social proof element. Well, no, there's an algorithm. No, and they it's put actually, you higher in the rankings. No, Jordan, you get it's more actually not. What? Yeah, it's not that. My life is a lie. Your life is a lie. So, if you want to give us some social proof that the show is good, leave us a review. Mostly, what it does is um, you know we don't we don't ask for your money we uh, we've been doing this podcast for more than two years and we haven't had a single ad on here except for our um, ongoing relationship with apple and the notes app of course um, well jordan gamer hats gamer hats well that was less of like average yeah somebody gave us free stuff and we gave it what we gave it to you guys but yeah, shout out to gamerhats.com shout out to check gamer them out hats. it's not like we're getting paid or anything but no. we just give us free stuff we'll give it away and we'll say your name but <laughs> the you know the least you can do it is is uh is 
nothing. Just listen to the podcast. But if you wanted to, <laughs> literally the least you could do is not even listen, is just turn us off right now. But um, if you if you write some things, it does bring a small momentary bit of joy to our lives, and it, endor- it increases our endorphins in our brains. For and you could you could play a small role in making us happy for a split second. It is not a small role, Jordan. Oh, a large yeah. role, a hu- a massive role. Think about the damage it will do to our mental health if you don't leave a review. No, it's not even that, Jordan. Li- I'm really li- confused. Am I supposed to be legit- guilting no, them right now? No, hold on, hold on. I was going to do the guilt thing. I was going to say legitimately. We always send each other the reviews. Yeah. And uh, within the last week, I was actually going through my phone because I was like feeling down. Yeah. And so what I wanted to do was like look at my, my worth it. Or, I was feeling down specifically about worth it or worthless stuff. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to go look at some nice things that people have said about this. Yeah. And so it's it's a recurring thing for me to engage with this community and for you guys to enjoy this See? show. So. so do it. Just do it. <laughs> or don't if you don't want to. Or else. Stop. Well, we Stop. can't have both of us be the good cop. One of us has to be the bad cop. Jordan, people just, they they should do whatever they want to do. They shouldn't feel bad about not reviewing our show. Do what you want to do, especially if what you want to do is leaving a review. And we'll see you next week with an episode on The Legend of Zelda for All right. Nintendo Entertainment System. Guys, that is going to wrap up the show. It better. Before it falls off the rail. Right? We will see you with Legend of Zelda. Uh, and I hope you guys have a great week. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you have a great week. Yeah, same. I wish those same things. And I'm sorry for what I said earlier. Please forgive me. (sighs) All right, guys. See you in the next one. Bye.